The following is a presentation of Muddy River Sports. Welcome to this week's edition of the Muddy River Breakdown. You'll notice that the uh, dulcet tones of Matt Shuckman are not uh, are not here this week. Matt is home, uh, a little under the weather. So this is David Adam filling in for the Shuck Daddy. Um, I'm not going to call you Benji or <laughs> anything like that, uh, but uh, I'm glad to have uh, Ben Marth in here in the uh, studio to join us. Good afternoon. How was New Orleans? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It, it, it was nice to, to be back here to this beautiful weather here in, in, in the Midwest after a wonderful 75-degree day Monday in oh, the, was it really? on Bourbon Street. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, gorgeous to be back in this great, great area. And No, we had a good time. Parades. Right. Lots of... Uh, you know, adult beverages, um, lots of seafood, lots of lots of good fun. It was good to get away. And yeah, uh, I, I need to, but we've we've kind of got to get <laughs> yes, some things taken care of before then. <laughs> but before we start talking about basketball, the two most important topics that I could think of to bring up with you was number one: Would you have called pass interference on the infamous play in the Super Bowl on Sunday? course not no i would have thrown play. that flag in two seconds let him play no I mean, come on what do you no. mean you're gonna throw it's that a, flag it's a flag in two it's, seconds. A, it's a flag it's a flag the guy said admitted it was a flag he admitted i held him but he, it was afterwards we're not talking about afterwards and what was we're talking about the moment absolutely of the flag now would i have been upset had someone said i haven't really called it all day and I'm not going to call it now, no. But I don't have a problem at all with the official throwing the flag. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in if it's a flag in the first quarter, it's a flag in the fourth quarter. I mean, and the guy clearly held him, and he impeded his progress down the field. I think people say, well, you're deciding the game. Well, the guy made the you – know, you're deciding the game no, no matter what. I mean, you're, whether or not you, you agree with the call or not, but I would have I would have thrown – I had no problem with – with the flag being thrown, and I would have thrown it as well. Isn't there holding on every play, though, David? There I mean, could isn't, be. I mean, but, you, but I haven't, I haven't, you know, I didn't see it. I'm talking know. just on the offensive line, right? I mean, there's holding on every play. There could be, there, if you that's, know, that's there, what, that's there could what be they holding say. called every time. That's what they say. Um, but, I mean, to me, you know, ball's inside the tw- – now, what I don't know that would – I'm not sure the call really would have made that much difference. Would it have made third down? It was either third or fourth. I, right. I, I yeah, I thought it was fourth, but I'm, yeah. I'm not 100 I mean, sure. It's late still, in the game. I, right. I have, you know, he's still got to hit a longer field goal. Right, Butker's a but great Butker's kicker. a great kicker, and and the fact is that doesn't necessarily mean that that uh, Mahomes wouldn't have found Travis Kelsey for a first down on third down. Right. So I I think to those. To me, I I almost felt like there were people who just I, I just have to have something to complain about because I didn't want the game to end that way. Well, you know what? That's the way it ended. Right. So deal with it. Move on. All right. Next question: What do you want to see out of the Cardinals in spring training? Since spring training started on Monday, I'd like to see their their rotation really take kind of heat. I'd like to see Jack Flaherty, you know, healthy. I want to see, you know, Adam Wainwright be able to, you know, give you. 30 starts and give you 12, 13, 14 wins. I want to see Miles Michaelis push for a new contract and have a strong season. You know, what is Dakota Hudson going to give you? You know, what is, you know, with, with, you know, with the gentleman Jordan, they brought yeah, over. Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery. You've got Mats. I mean, you've got a lot of different arms. You've got a lot of different angles that you can bring at opponents. Plus, I've got some really good young, you know, you know, I thought Palante was really good last year. And they have a couple of young starters who could also vie for time. But I here's what I want to know. When are we sticking Jordan Walker in right field 
and putting him in about the four or five hole in the offense and leaving him four. there for the next five, 15 years. Right out of the gate, four. Oh, well, we, we, Gold, Goldschmidt and Arenado are hitting two, three. So I'm, I'm, from what I've heard on Walker, he is just stick him in there and let him rake. And I, I really don't care right now if he's going to be a, a great defensive outfielder or not. I think he's a good enough athlete. He'll figure it out. That's what I want to see in spring training is oh, are the Cardinals going to make the commitment to Walker now? Now, what does that mean for the rest of the outfield? You've got O'Neal. Is, is he ready to return in left field? Is, is Carlson ready to take over in center field? Newt Barr had a great second half of the season. I hear all kinds of people are screaming that he should, you know, get all kinds of playing time. I'm not totally convinced of that yet. Uh, I mean, this time last year, he would be what I would call a class 4A player, which meant he wasn't probably too good for the minors, but he wasn't good enough to play in the majors. Finally figured it out. But you get Jordan Walker's once in a blue moon. Man, I, I want to see. You're I immediately see throwing this guy oh, into the ring. Absolutely into the ring with with, with as as sinker swing hitter and four or five hitter. You know, okay, hit O'Neill four and let Walker. Look, hit I'm five. not a I'm not a bro Neil guy. The guy's wound up, you know, so tightly. He, you know, he's 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 hurt all the time. I'm not a Tyler O'Neill guy. Carlson has been uh, incredibly overrated. Incredibly, um, you know disappointing I think in a lot of different areas I think Newt Bar coming on the scene last year has given them an incredible shot in the arm and a needed shot in the arm in the outfielder because if you don't have uh, you know much from him you're looking at this outfield that Walker not right. you know not right, in the, right. not talking about Walker at this point just those three mm-hmm. as an extremely questionable I mean it still is extremely questionable and, and that's why I you know you hope that Walker doesn't go down to uh, Florida and hits a buck thirty and strikes out a bunch. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but to me, Newt Bar is your. I'm going to play him in left center, right. I'm going to let him DH a little bit. I'll, I'm going to still get him 400 bats if if I think that he's really that worth worthy. Walker is a potential superstar. And I want to find out. I mean, I think the Cardinals have been guilty of times of overhyping. I think Dylan Carlson's a good example of that. I think a lot of people thought Dylan Carlson was going to come in and be a superstar. Not to say that he still can't, but last year was, I thought, a big step back. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, let's go. Let's put Walker out there. Knock yourself out. Let's I want to see him break camp with the Cardinals. Yes, I don't know if you put him clean up right out of the gate. I don't I'll know. I put if him you, fifth behind O'Neill. Uh, I mean, I think a guy like Contreras can back clean up. I mean, I think I get, you know there are other options. Stick that him can in bat the lineup. Put I don't care. Six, seven hole. Yeah, put him. But but, but uh, this guy's a star. I think he's a star in the making. I mean, I, we think there's been right. a lot of that, prospects and, 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 that and have that's why I, I want to. I you know he's the most talked about uh, star since the outfielder who. Tragically died. Uh, Correct, yeah, Tavares. Tavares, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, all right. Now we've talked about the important things um, happening regionally and nationally, and now it's time to talk high school basketball. Um, we are now knee-deep in the girls' basketball postseason. The boys' basketball postseason starts uh, next week. Um, there are three games coming up on Thursday in the girls' that are going to be three absolute 
bears of, of I mean, state-ranked teams galore playing for regional championships. I think we have to start at the pit uh, with Quincy Notre Dame and Sacred Heart Griffin. Um, I had a chance to watch Sacred Heart Griffin play last night against Illini West, and I don't know if we're going to have anybody listen to this podcast from Springfield. Um, there might be some people from Q&D who would go, you can't say that. Sacred Heart Griffin didn't impress me at all didn't, last night. No. no. It, they, they, it was a 26-24 game against a 500-level Illini West team with four minutes to play. Um, it, was, it, it, it wasn't a very pretty game. Um, it, Illini West really only had two scoring options throughout the game, um, but it stayed in there. And Notre Dame looked like a million bucks. Now, they also they played a West Hancock team. I think it was around like thirteen and sixteen record, um, but they just just totally overwhelmed them. And it wasn't Abby the Abby Shrek show, right? I mean, they had all kinds of different people uh, contributing. I think if you're a Raider fan, it's good to see Blair F. Tink is shooting and scoring. And I mean, she's got to be uh, a factor for them uh, in, in the postseason. Um, have you had a chance to see the Q and D girls? No, much multiple this year? times. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Abby Shrek is is obviously all world, but they're going to have to have Blair Efton connecting. They're going to have to have Sage Stratton giving mm-hmm. them six to ten points a night. They're going to have to have, you know, Ari Bueller during her thing at the point guard. Jenna Durst. They're going to have to have those girls contribute, you know, twenty to thirty to my points collectively a night yeah. because as they get deeper into the postseason, and there are not going to be much. You know, not that I'm not going to take anything for away from SHG. They're seventh in the state in two right. A. They've proved themselves, um, but beyond that, and then you get that Pittsfield regional winner in the sectional semifinals. And then all of a sudden, it gets really, really, really difficult yeah. with either the potential of either having Central Southeastern or Porta awaiting for the sectional championship. And that's the part about that. I mean, I think Notre Dame is a is a solid favorite at home Thursday night. SHG just. Just in, in the, the, the 32 minutes that I got to watch didn't show me that, that it has the firepower to stay with Notre Dame. So that's an easy one. Central Southeastern versus Porta at Porta should be an absolute war. And, Nor- and, and Central Southeastern survived a war Monday night against a 23-victory Pleasant Plains team. Um which tied the score with like 25 seconds to go, and then Central Southeastern got a rebound off a missed shot, and Abby McMillan went to the free throw line and made two free made one of two free throws with no time on the clock. You talk about, I mean, I'm trying to think, wasn't it in Teen Wolf where uh, what was what was uh, 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 Michael J. Fox's partner, his uh, his buddy, the really overweight guy who looked terrible in the uniform, but he had to go like hit a free throw with no time on the clock, and they moved everybody off the free throw line except for the evil guy who was standing under the rim glowering at right, him, right. which obviously would never happen in a real game. But talk about pressure yeah. to hit to hit a free throw with nobody on the line. Yeah. Nobody wants to play Central Southeastern at this time of the year. Yeah, but I think Porta is absolutely 
you know, smiling from ear to ear with the fact that they don't have to see Pleasant Plains right. again, a team that just beat them. By 20. They've got to be just, I would think, very comfortable and very you know relaxed. Um, and Central Southeastern, yeah, you're right. Nobody wants to see either of those two teams, right. I don't think. An angry Porta team and a Central Southeastern team with Matt Long that can beat anybody at any point. And that's just Central Southeastern. You, you know the score is going to be, you know, the over-under for the point score is going to be about 80. Central Southeastern is going to play at the pace it wants, which means it's going to stay in the game no matter what. And last night, really, for Central Southeastern, it came down to free throw shooting. Central Southeastern had a lead, um, but one of their players missed, I think, five out of six free throws, like in the last minute, giving Plains a chance to get back into the ball game. Other than that, if Central Southeastern makes those free throws, that game's over. Um, but that's what I think Long wants is limited possessions, quality possessions, getting the ball to McMillan and Miller and saying, go win that game for me, girls. And I would never bet against a Matt Long coach team with this much talent in a regional championship game. I know Porter's 27-1. and They'd won 27 straight. I just I really like Matt Long and Central Southeastern and the way they do things. Nobody wants to face a team like that in the postseason. I would agree. And the other state ranked matchup that you're referring to as well is Menden Unity having to go to Havana and play on their home floor for regional championship I mean, five amazing. against nine in one A. I mean, to see these teams face each other in a regional. I mean, look at look at the you know you talk about Notre Dame's path. Look at Central Southeastern's path. Yeah. They started with a 23-victory yes, team from Plains. Then they got to beat Porta. Then they've got to beat either a Notre Dame or a Sacred Heart, which is a state-ranked team. That's just to get get to the sectional final. And then at that point, you know everybody's good at that point. Um, I, again, I really like Unity. I have not seen Havana. Um, but I, I really like Unity. It's a really solid starting five. Um, they've got two girls who can can carry the carry the load in Carruthers and Arnsman down the stretch. Um, uh, again, but the fact is, you're playing at Havana. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. And Central Southeastern, same thing, playing at Porta. Right. Um, uh, I, I just I, I'm I'm gonna be very. I think all three games will be fabulous. Now there's two other teams that that are still alive. In the postseason, uh, or actually three, uh, Brown County, uh, which won its semifinal last night in place Friday night. Um, I think Brown County has uh, Bigsville West Central. Bigsville West Central, and mm-hmm. and and uh, Brown County has played well. At, I think has improved as the season has gone on. I saw them in the finals at the at the uh, Beardstown tournament, and I just thought Unity was a better team that night. But Brown County has avenged a couple of those defeats, and and now they're ranked number three in the state. I think I, I mean I think the Flynn girls are great, but boy that ca- when, if the casting girl is a factor, wow, they've got three resources to go to for points, and I think that makes Brown County really tough in one A. Uh, but you've got Quincy High School, uh, the girls playing tonight uh, against Collinsville down in Alton, and the winner of that game gets twenty nine and one. Alton in yeah. the in the four A uh, regional down there, and then nobody's really talked much about Pittsfield, but Pittsfield's the number three seed in its own regional. They're playing on their home floor. 
They play tonight, and if the if, if the Sockies win, they would play against uh, Hillsborough, I believe, in the regional championship on Friday night in Pittsfield. So plenty of teams still with great opportunities. Uh, yeah, uh, poor Pittsfield, though. If they win that regional, you're looking at either Notre Dame or Sick or yeah. Not Griffin yeah. uh, and, in and, the and, sectional and, semifinals. And, 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 and I think I think Pittsfield eventually might be a pretty – I think next year they're going to be really good. I think they've got – uh, they've, they've got some players that are coming, um, but I, I have to think, okay, I, I think Notre Dame, of, of all the teams that we have left, Notre Dame is the team that I think anything short of a trip to the state tournament is going to be disappointing. Well, yeah, when you're the state champions, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. So who's the team out of the rest that you look at and you go, I think they have the best chance to make a trip to Redbird Arena. I think it's men in unity. I, I mean, I, I just, I, I think they and Notre Dame mirror each other in a yep. lot of ways. Um, I think that they've got a star, an Arnsman, who's a QU signee. You mentioned Carruthers. I mean, Schaefer, you go up and down the list. Yep. They've got players. Their they're, they're starting five is mm-hmm. as good as anybody's you're going to find. Both of these teams, it's going to come down to if their stars get in foul trouble, if there are, if there's an unfortunate situation where an injury happens or something, that all yep. of a sudden it looks a little different. But I think if, if Arnsman and Shrek stay out of foul trouble and stay on the floor for multiple minutes, as they should, I think both of those teams, yeah. you know, uh, make make a deeper run. Yeah, than I, I, of all, I mean, I like Brown County. I like, I, I, and I really like Central Southeastern. But man, that's a tough. Tough task to go beat Porta at Porta. Um, um, not to minimize Unity beating Havana at Havana, but I I, I, just, I, I really like Unity. I, I think that's a really solid team, and I that if, if, if there was any wagering allowed here in the uh, Muddy River News studios, that's the money that would be where my money would go, other than the easy money that you put on Notre Dame. Um, boys, start next week. Um, gosh, where do you start? I mean, there's. <laughs> well, I think you got to start with Quincy High School. I mean, they are, uh, they have a really, really difficult road to hoe. Yeah. Thankfully, they get the regional for themselves. They mm-hmm. get the regional at home. But again, you're looking at, you know, uh, and they should win that regional. I mean, you're just looking records wise, but a Collinsville team that could sneak up, an Edwardsville team with their tradition, mm-hmm. you, n- you never know. Um, but beyond that, when you're talking about potentially a sectional semifinal against Belleville East, maybe O'Fallon. And then a couple of nights later, you've got the gauntlet in right. Moline for the third time. And again, that only gets you out of the sectional. Yeah. You know, you'd like to think a matchup with a Moline would be a team that you might face in a super or something like that, but that's just the way it goes. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, especially there would, I'm sure there will be people from, from Quincy, but it, you even look at the, the, the girls' regionals that we just talked about. You've got all these state ranked teams meeting in regionals. Um, are you a fan at all of going away from the regional, uh, geographically uh, assigned postseason bids, or do you go, let's seed them all and send them all over the state? How, how, where, 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 where do you stand on that? I, I, I'm fine with the regional regionalization of it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. It just happened to be that there's good teams in this area in the same season. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, you, you, financially And those polls speaking, don't really mean a they lot. They don't. They don't, but... 
<laughs> but yes, you are correct. Yeah. But I would, I would, I would side with the polls more so than I wouldn't side with the polls. I think they get it right more so than they Absolutely. get it wrong. Yeah. But yes, you are correct, especially beyond the top few. You know, I think the top three or four are pretty dang close. But right. beyond that, I think you can throw them in a hat, see what happens. I'm with you. I don't think that you just throw teams all over the state and say, just because you're not good enough means you have to travel seven hours up north to play a team. Yeah, I'm just not I'm just not yeah. into that. No. I think geographically, financially, it makes too much sense to keep it the way it is. Yes, I and totally I'm certainly sadly, unfortunately, you're gonna you're gonna come across these years where you're gonna have multiple state ranked teams or whatever that means in the same region that have to play each other, but it happens, David, in every sport. This basketball is not the one sport that it happens to. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember years ago when the tournament, the, the, the regional tournament used to be played at Blue Devil Gym. There was one year, I mean, there were seven teams in the regional, and I want to say five of them had 20 wins. The sixth team was like 17 and seven. And it was like, well, we got to, we, we've got to do a better job of seating the, you know, sending these teams. No, no, you don't. You know, you know. Someone, not everybody gets to win. Somebody has to lose. <laughs> Unfortunately, your loss may just come a little bit earlier. But I don't think instead of playing, you know, Liberty versus Unity playing in the regional, it should be Liberty versus Tolono Unity for a regional game in the first round over in Champaign. I think that's ridiculous. I, I think the regionalization of it. Is perfectly fine unless it comes. It's seventh grade basketball. Well, that's well, if, if it becomes seventh grade basketball. We're talking junior high. I think it's a wholly different subject <laughs> because it's much more important than the high school. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I wasn't I even going to go down that road today, <laughs> but the I will say just in, in, in case you haven't been on Muddy River Sports lately or you haven't listened to this broadcast. I was the coach of the seventh grade basketball team that were that basically a bunch of kids who were going to go to Quincy Notre Dame. Ben's son was on that team. We've spent way too much time around each yeah, other right. yes. um, for the, the last couple of weeks. So I'm sure that vacation that went in New Orleans, <laughs> it was like he got on the plane. And I was like, my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not around Adam and Vanderbor anymore. Right, correct, it's yes. It's been a long season. Yeah, and then um, a few nights later, i got to see him again. That's yeah. right. Um, so anyway, back to yes. the topic at hand. Uh, More boys. I, I When it comes to, okay, Quincy Notre Dame. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean – I don't know, do we really know how good Notre Dame is right now? Because their schedule, I think, got a little easier as the season has worn on, but they've added two components that they didn't have for the majority of the season in Wallingford and Sheffield, and they've been kind of steamrolling people lately. Um, I, I'm, 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 I don't know what to think about Notre Dame because uh, – there's, uh, I believe, a Bloomington Central Catholic uh, uh, look looming ahead. I think a normal U High is looming ahead. I mean, their their path will not be easy, but I, I think they're going to be really a tough out. I do too. Yeah, I mean, I, even in their regional, I think there are there are some hurdles. You talk about Macomb. I mean, Macomb's playing really well right now. West Hancock's a team that's won twenty plus games. You'll, I, they'll, I, you know, they'll I, I see think, them Tuesday I think night. The Tuesday night game against West Hancock will tell us a lot about the Raiders because that's probably the best team they've played now in a few weeks. Yeah. How do they? You know how? You know if 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 they struggle to to beat West Hancock. Then you have to wonder how good it, you know, is Notre Dame had enough time to get all the pieces to work together. If Notre Dame goes out and and manhandles West Hancock, 
you know, I don't think anybody would disagree that this was a team before last summer that people looked at and said, that's a team that could play in Champaign. I mean, they're that deep. They're that experienced. They bring back the top seven guys from uh, a sectional qualifier. You know, nobody's going to want to play that team. Well, now they're all finally there, but have they had enough time to to gel, to, 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 to find a personality? I, I don't know. I have not seen the new version Raiders, have you? I saw them at Southeastern last week, and again, it was a Danny Stevens-less Southeastern basketball team, but it was fun to kind of see them really, really get after it defensively and have Braden Sheffield at the top of that press and have Wallingford as a guy that, I think, had eight or nine rebounds that night. He had a dunk. Um, You know, Braden Sheffield had two dunks. They play above the rim now. Um, They get after it defensively. They are now the team that they thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, which is fun to see because there were times this season, David, and I think you'd agree – they weren't very good. Just, I mean, they had a hard you know, time scoring. Camp Point Central pounded them. Yeah, they, they had a and, hard and that time was, scoring against teams. Yeah, and, and now, and maybe that game against Southeastern wasn't a good example. But how is the playing time? You know, my hope was that instead of Jackson Stratton having to play twenty nine minutes, maybe he can go down to twenty two minutes and play hard, but not be gassed. You never saw Jake Hoyt come off the floor, right? Um, you know, that team was – Kevin Meyer would go eight deep, but he was I, – I, I think he felt comfortable going six deep. And he would play seven and eight, give him a couple of minutes there. Um, but uh, now he can go eight deep and has no problem with – I mean, I, I think any combination of the first eight, he's like, go. Yeah. Go go crazy. Um, I, I You know, Notre Dame has two ball games left. West Hancock game, I know nothing about Keokuk. Right. Um, Keokuk has not been very competitive with the Raiders for the last few years. Yeah, so. I wouldn't imagine that's so kind of a dress rehearsal for the postseason. Exactly. kind of. And then you got a lot of, you know, potentially in that first game, you've got the Illini West or, you know, obviously, or Pittsfield. One of those two teams you're going to play right out of the gate. And then you got Macomb or West Hancock yeah. in the regional championship. And then you turn around and you got potentially normal U High in the sectional semis. And again, Which normal U High, I think uh, they just beat somebody the other day. That I, I, I raised my eyebrows like, oh wow, you somebody in the them? conference. You have to think somebody in the central state. Somebody, I, I don't remember who it was. I just remember I remember looking at that score, going, oh wow, you high is going to be a, a, a really difficult out. And then you still got Bloomington Central Catholic sitting yeah. out there yeah, with, miss, with, yeah. with young Mister Serta. Uh, I I do think. Of all of our local teams, I think Central has a really good chance to make a deep run in 1A. I, I just like the way that they kind of play like the Central Southeastern girls. We're going to take our time. We're going to uh, uh, use our strength, uh, which I, I think is just their, their overall athleticism. They're very athletic, and um, – they're tough to guard. They have several people who can score. I think the Moore kid, um, if he played almost anywhere else, he'd probably average 18 to 20 points a game. But he plays, you know, who was the old line about that Dean Smith, they said about Michael Jordan, the only person who can keep Michael Jordan under 20 points a game is Dean Smith. Right. James Barnett, they play their central style. And uh, Moore, I think Moore is kind of their their best offensive weapon. But just as soon as you say that, the Genebacher kid, 
is very tough. Um, I, I just like Central Southeast. It's just Central. I, I, I think that's going to be a really good team. Um, I know there's a, a, pot, a potential matchup with like a Jacksonville route, which is very good. Um, I'm, but of the local, the local Illinois teams, I'm kind of in the central bandwagon as to who, who I think has the best chance. And I, but I, but I also, uh, have the caveat that if I get a chance to watch Notre Dame in the next five days and I go, Oh, Oh wow. They look great. I might change that, but I don't think I will. I really like Central's chances. I'm with you. I'm with you on Central. I think Isaac Gennenbacher brings a nice flavor to that group as far as some physicality, a guy that can play multiple positions on the floor. Nick Moore, as you mentioned, the guy that's a a really solid basketball player, good quarterback. I mean, he just kind of is that kind of same leader uh, on the basketball floor. I'm with you. I mean, I think that, you know, I don't know about the – the physical status of Danny Stevens at this point, but you're looking at a potential regional championship with Southeastern. If he's back, I still don't think that's enough to beat this camp. I mean, obviously they've proved it. Right. Central's beat him two or three times already this season with Danny Stevens on yeah. the floor. I'm with you. I think Central is 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 good. They're fun. They play great defense. Yeah. I don't think people talk enough about their tenacity on defense. It's fun They're to just watch. So athletic. I mean, yeah. he's got. I mean, the Eiler kid and. Uh, uh, the blue kid off the bench. I mean, they, they have so many different options that they can rely on. I'm, I'm just a big fan of, of, of central. Um, wouldn't that be a heck of a year if the, 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 the central girls, central Southeastern girls somehow got to the state tournament, the central boys get to a state tournament and the central football team played for a strap. That, that says a little bit about the, the, the quality of athletes that you have there. I think the Central Southeastern girls will have a, a fairly large, well, they have two fairly large hurdles to overcome in the next week or so, but that's a that's a quality class 2A uh, uh, basketball program. Anybody else out there in, in, the, in, the, in the Illinois? I mean, you look at the 1A side, you mentioned Jacksonville route. I mean, I, don't, I just don't think that there's somebody who wins on that other side. You know, Payson hosts a regional. Yeah. Griggsville Perry maybe gets out of that regional. I mean, uh, but they'd have to beat New Berlin, and that's and they're a higher seed. And New Berlin is is really good. Yes, they're they're, they're very talented. I could I could see them uh, knocking them in route meeting in the postseason. Yeah, Whew, holy yeah. smoke, that'd be that would be. Uh, uh, that would be remarkable. I think Brown County's got a tough road. I mean, they're in Lewiston, and they'd have to beat Lewiston, and then they'd have to turn around and beat Illini Bluffs, which is the number one seed in that section. I just don't see no. that happening. So I think you're right. I mean, I think we hit on, you know, probably the most realistic, I you know, agree. teams that could potentially, you know, get to, to Champaign and, and Redbird. How do you like the idea of them, of all the classes all playing, you know, it's, it's like, Guys week, girls week, you know, because before you always had small school girls and the large school girls played the next week. And then the small school, it was drawn out a lot more. Now it's, it's a mad dash. I mean, <laughs> I, I just know, you know, uh, next week with girls sectionals and boys regionals, um, it's going to be for, for the local news media, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a zoo. Um, but I was just going to say, as a former full-fledged member of the media, um, I, you know, I, I, I really I feel for you because it is, it is brutal uh, for the first couple of weeks yeah. when you used to have you know, 40 teams or whatever all playing at once. That's why the old spread it out was kind of nice. It, it really wasn't you a half-bad deal. Yeah. 
now it ain't done that way anymore. It is not. It's not. So um, anything else that I should have brought up that you were prepared to uh, uh, expound on? So I think, you know, this real quick, I know we've got a lot of baseball talk to get to, but I think an impressive start for the Quincy University baseball team going to third-ranked University of Tampa and winning two of three. Yes. And and three weird games. I mean, they win by two one-run high-scoring affairs, and then in the middle game they get pounded 14 to two. But still, you come out of that with a good feeling. You win two out of three against the team. Especially if you think about it. I thought I, I talked to a couple of guys who were at Quincy University on Saturday, and I asked them how many days had the baseball team been able to get outside. And this is a school that actually has a turf field that they could get outside on, and he said three. They've been outside for three days. Meanwhile, Tampa has – do they ever not go outside? I mean, I can't imagine they come back for the second semester and they're already outside. I think they'd already played a couple of ball games. For a Quincy team to go down there and win two of three against a, a, a traditional powerhouse, a team that, that the, the differences between getting to be outside for two weeks and being outside when it's 35 degrees for two days is massive. Yet Quincy still went down there and won two ball games. Um, you know, they've got a game, I believe, against Rollins. It's St. Leo this weekend. It's St. Leo and then Rollins is the three this weekend. And uh, if Quincy could come out of that four and three, I think you come home. You're skipping onto the onto the plane when you get when you get to come back home. Yeah. I, I or, I'm sorry, plane. They didn't take the plane. <laughs> plane. They, they took. They <laughs> bet on those trips, David. Yeah. Sorry. You're busting that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But still. To go four and three in Florida against the quality of competition that you've seen, and their schedule doesn't get any easier either. No. That some of the, there are going to be some teams coming to Quincy in March, from the hinterlands where it's still, they're not going to get outside on their fields for several weeks, but Quincy's got a turf field so they can host. I think a Northwoods uh, out of Michigan, and there's a couple other teams that are like that. Their schedule doesn't get any easier i love that i love 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 when when teams realize we have a good team let's go find out what our weaknesses are by playing other good teams so when we get to the postseason we've already figured out what we're not very good at and we've been working on that i'm a big i'm a huge proponent of that kudos to the hawks for for being prepared for what could be a really special season, they got to be able to pitch. I mean, this is a, they gave up a lot of runs in, in Tampa, and usually it is the you know pitching that is before the hitting in yeah. the early parts of the season, right? So that would be the one thing that I look at and say, man, they gave up a lot of runs when they you know traditionally it, it's the pitching that should be better than the hitting yeah. in the early going. But again, I take two out of three, no matter if you're giving up eleven. 12 runs yeah, in it was the second game. The third game was, what, 11 to 10? Yeah. I mean, but that team, holy smoke, with Napleton and Wasman and Logsdon and, I mean, they've just got hitters up. and D'Alessio, uh, 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 yeah. just hitters up and down the lineup. That team can score a boatload of runs with, with the snap of a finger. Yeah. That's so. impressive. I mean, I, I, it's crunch time for the Quincy University basketball team, specifically the men yeah. and the women who are now well, on the, the outside looking in for the, the conference women tournament. women did not help themselves. No. At, I tell you, I was at the game Saturday. I've seen them play a couple of times this year, and, and, and I've, I, I feel like I've really seen some strides. And then 
UIS coming in there with two victories all season long. And let's put it this way. The final score wasn't even close of, to indicate how bad of a beating that was. UIS just trashed Quincy in that game. And I've got to imagine Casey Bailey was a little disappointed in that because I think she thought her team could potentially get that bid. And then they still can get a bid. They just made it a lot harder on themselves to get into the conference tournament. The men, I think they're still sitting in fifth place and that they are. It's it's goofy. The standings say one thing, but this conference scoring system yeah. is 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 You gotta go by the point rating yeah, system. Yes. You cannot go by the conference standings. And the fact is is that Quincy is, I think right now, in fifth place in that that system and But They've got a couple of you know. I got think, three teams that are one game behind them yes. in the in that GLVC rating system. I mean, it, you know, it is, it, it's not safe oh, by any no. means. They, they went last week looking like they were a shoe, and all of a sudden being like they could drop to an eight seed. So who do they have? All on, said they, I know they've got Truman on Saturday. William Jewell, Jewell on Thursday, and and I mean Quincy just crushed Truman at Truman earlier this year. Um, I, I I I like the Hawks. Not a great shooting team. Just, they're just not, but they really work hard defensively. They're a really good rebounding team. Um, <laughs> would I bet on them? I, I think the QU women really hurt their chances last week to get in the tournament. I think the QU men, gosh, if they if they could just go two and two in these last four ball games, I think they're going to be okay. But they've got to find two. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I, I got to think Truman's got to be one of them. Um, playing better, Truman's playing better. Jewel's yeah. not a you know by any means. I don't think you just write it down and say well, that's there's a win. There, I don't know. There's really anybody in the conference that you can look at, no. especially Quincy's just not not that talented to be able to say, okay, well, we know we're going to beat those guys. Right. I don't think there's. In fact, I, I know if you were to talk to Steve Hawkins, he would he would go. There's nobody in the conference that I look at and go, oh, we're definitely, you know, we, we don't have any problem with them. I was really impressed with UIS. I liked them. They had two big guys who could play. Uh, this Cooner kid shot the ball well on Saturday. And um, it was good to see Herm Senor yeah. back in the house uh, coaching. Uh, so, yeah, those two teams are fighting. John Wood Community College still plugging away. It's the typical Brad Hoyt schedule. It's, oh, we're going to – Get our doors blown off by all these Division One JUCO teams, or, or you know, they they always struggle against the Burlingtons and the Moberleys and some of those teams. But Brad Hoyt is not afraid to schedule anybody. No, nope. and and I think that's an awesome way. And his teams are, again, always prepared when the postseason rolls around. They're always competitive. It'll be interesting to see with that team. I've seen them a handful of times. Their starting five is really good. Mm-hmm. Beyond that. I mean, they they just don't have tons of depth. It'll be interesting to see once they get into that, you know, because we're getting down to the, the you know the end of their road, so yeah. to speak. And then that's when they turn things on. Usually, is about this time. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, the regular season, and then when they get into the the conference tournament. Well, and the plus, don't you tournament. find most coaches they'll play eight, nine, ten guys at the beginning of the season, and then those numbers start to dwindle down maybe around January. Maybe you're starting to play seven guys. And maybe by the time the postseason rolls around, you're down to playing six guys. Um, it just, you know, you, you got to have the bench depth to get you through the season. But when you get to the postseason, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go to a, 
uh, a much smart, a much shorter rotation at the end. But because my guess, he's got. Is there anybody in that conference that can match up with Talton? I, I don't know. Maybe I've seen it. I mean, I, yes. I mean, there is. I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen a Spoon River team that, that, that played competitively, okay. you know, with them a little bit. And some of the times that I've seen them, mm-hmm. yes, I think there are going to be some teams that, that are able to kind of hold him down. But he is so good. I mean, yeah. he, he is – and I, I really enjoy watching him play at this level because last year he could score 25 with ease, not really have really difficulty. Now he's scoring 25. With dudes against him. With dudes. Uh, I mean, dudes. Yeah. Like, his same height, even taller, guarding him with a hand in his face, and he is still scoring 20 to 25 points a night. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Well, there are other people walking into the studios here, and plus, you know, you are you know, you don't have an unlimited lunchtime as well, so I it's don't. probably a good time for us to wrap up. That's too uh, bad. It, it, is, it is a shame. We yeah. need to talk about getting you more I talked to Bob Goff hours. about getting maybe paid by the minute around here. That, that, yeah. well, you know what? Bob's got all kinds of money, so that's not hey, a that's good problem. that's a good point. That's not a, you know, so when yeah. I see Steve Eininger walk through the door, I know that that means you it's better lunchtime. It's lunchtime, or you better get the heck out of here. And noon has happened. Right. If Steve walks in here, we're at least because he, he he's kind of like a vamp. You don't see him during the daylight hours really until later in the day. He's he's usually up, you know, watching westerns or West Coast baseball. Until I don't think 4 him, I've seen him age since I've been. He look he's looked the same today that he did twenty years ago. It's uncanny. I mean, what he, what the way that he just is ageless. It's, it's the lifestyle that he lives. I right. think is what it is. is I need he, some of what he's got. No, you yeah. don't. Trust me, I, I, <laughs> you don't need that. Anyway, for Ben Marth, my name's David Adam. Thanks so very much for joining us. Hopefully, Matt Shuckman will be back here in this seat next week for the Muddy River Breakdown.